0: To the opponents that he could face so what a strange thing to say yeah, yeah.
1: is there anything you want to add to that there Fabe?
2: no i mean i i agree i mean i agree with everything uh I, there's more matches that like i want to see happen so mm-hmm. the idea that he's ready to throw in the towel is disappointing mm-hmm. i mean i think it's bullshit but i also think right right disappointing, right. <laughs> disappointing bullshit <laughs>
1: absolutely all righty wolf As you Uh, eat your pasta. yeah. What do we think of the heavyweight division now dying? Doesn't have significance. Doesn't feel the same anymore, as MJF says. And do you really think that he could be retiring at 2024? No, no,
3: absolutely not. Um, No, Uh, I'm certain MJF is uh, respectfully talking out of his ass. Um, He wants Tony to pay more um pay like probably i wouldn't be surprised multi-million dollar um but yeah like basically as no bones uh said um there's still adam cole adam page kenny omega uh chris jericho uh cm punk you can run it back with uh, Danielson and Moxley hell you could make him fight Claudio you could um like there's still like and even then like uh, um wells like yeah you don't really have many like you didn't really like face many people in your title reign like you yeah you beat moxley you beat danielson uh you beat ricky starks you beat the pillars um and that's basically it okay. uh I th- i th- and like i think also Takesh done not even a title match but right doesn't matter um And I'm pretty sure at one point, I don't remember when, MJF did say he did want to work with Kenny Omega at some point. Mm -hmm. So I I won't be surprised if sometime eventually Kenny and MJF do fight each other. Um, Adam Cole said he wants to fight for the world title at Wembley. So, I mean, there's also others like Keith Lee... Swarf strickland if Swarf doesn't get the international belt from orange cassidy speaking of which orange cassidy um mm. there's yeah there's handful of talent malachi yeah. Um, yeah just yeah like i i do not see how uh mjf is done um now would he like go to like aw um i mean wwe i'm sorry uh i I mean i don't even know i don't think so just because like what is there for him like he would probably like let's say he goes like skip nxt which is possible but like he can fight aj he can fight uh what's it called seth cody i can fight. um maybe drew um maybe like sheamus maybe edge ray um what's called roman um but like there's not much any there's other talent that like i'm sure he would do well with johnny kevin uh sammy would I, i'm sure he would do great with them ricochet even i'd say mm-hmm. um Akimura also would be a good one but i i don't think it's necessary to go through all that trouble of what's it called um just dealing like ending up having to deal with lesser um Challenge less challenging like opponents depending on where he is, uh, and then of course, there's the whole thing with Vince, uh, it, and his character probably gonna get changed. Uh, he's it's just everything there. I don't see how MJF goes to WWE. Uh, what I remember of that media scrum, what MJF said was m- mostly about like him saying, like, talking about, like, oh, he wasn't, like, the last match, I think that's stupid, by the way, because they literally told us for, it's not that I'm mad that the pillar four-way wasn't the last match, I'm mad that they, like, implied it for, like, two, three weeks, and then...
1: Well, he also said that he didn't want to wrestle in John Moxley's blood. I don't yeah, really think anybody under... wants to wrestle in that, someone yeah, else's that, blood that, and sweat. Especially Moxley. That's their opponent. Especially but Moxley's. Not really. Yeah, especially Moxley's, because he's always bleeding. So mm-hmm. God knows where he's, you know, what orifice of his body he's bleeding from at that point. But
3: uh, I yeah, understand no, for that. Sure. It makes sense, but, like, you don't have to imply. That, uh, what's it called? Oh, that the main event is going to be the pillar four way for like two, three weeks, and then last second, pull the double main event bullshit card. Mm. Um, I was upset with mostly Tony for that, not for on MJF. But if it was MJF's decision, then I get it, but still, like, it would have been just easier to just say. Anarchys the main event right right I uh, got you. he I also I think he also said like oh, uh he also did say that like the like having the world title as like the last match is like dead. Correct. Um, I disagree. I also think that's not a good thing exactly. Unless, like, very special circumstances, uh, such as you have, like, a crazy match like Anarchy in the Arena with uh, one of the most brutal superstars, such as John Moxley. <laughs> um, or you have, a, 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 like, basically your main story, or you have um, another world title which aew doesn't have Mm -hmm. so in my opinion i don't i don't know how i feel about i hope they don't do what they did at double or nothing like ever again um like i'm i'm a little sick of this whole like double triple main event like nonsense uh this is gonna be a regular thing in like wrestling i'm it's going to be a massive gripe I'm going to have, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't like it. Just say the main event is whatever you want the main event to be. Don't be like, oh, yeah, this this world title match is going to be the last match for two, three weeks straight. And then the day of the pay-per-view, right at that second, we get the match. We get, we find out. It's not. I'm like, that's stupid to me. Um, so yeah, that's my how what I think, I guess. Um, okay. But yeah, MJF has like plenty of people to go through. Like he has. There's still a couple like. People, there's still like a handful a whole of, bunch like, of people world left. talent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I agree with that as well. I agree with No Bones pretty much what they said as well with that. Now, Willie, to round it off, is the heavyweight title dead? And do you really think a retirement of 2024 is
4: happening? Or is he just talking out of his ass? Look, 100% talking out of his ass. Part of his character. Right. Uh, also say hi to the key. But... um. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, heavyweight title 100% isn't dead. Like Wolf said, the top story is always your main focus on your pay-per-view. 100%. You'd be a fool to say that it wouldn't be. Um, but, uh, you know, this whole talk that he's retiring and all this bullshit, it's, it's, it's not true. Like, like, uh, everyone else has said, he's only faced what? Box, Ricky... And the three pillars. Really nobody. So it's mm-hmm. like, and
3: Danielson. He beat oh, Daniels. and
4: Danielson. And Danielson. And
3: Danielson.
4: That's really it. So it's like he's still got like a shit ton of people. He's got a face. And his reign's gonna last a little bit, right? right. So you know, I don't I wouldn't consider the heavyweight division dead because it didn't main event one pay-per-view, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like that's a pretty stupid assumption to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to quickly answer Kevin's question. Thoughts on why he name drops WWE, Nick Khan, and Triple H for cheap pops. That's why he does it. Like, oh, yeah, he, he, he mentions them because he wants to go there. No. Like like uh, Asa said, he's very likely re-signed already. You know? Tony Khan would be a fool not to. He's their biggest draw aside from mr brooks who's coming back on june 17th
3: like he would wouldn't
4: dare let him go right so
3: yeah i'm sure they're like in in private like out off the cameras um like max and tony are like laughing about it they're like much yeah. Especially about the whole, like, him saying, it's fine,
2: everything's fine, or maybe it isn't. Um,
3: I, I liked the
4: over-the-top Tony Khan reaction of mentioning Triple H, so that was fucking sick.
1: Yeah, making, I think also, like you guys have been saying, I, I think it's more or less to get Tony's heart right in his throat and to have yeah. those meme-worthy gift moments get, like Brock and the Tony Patriot gives ready. us each and every week. I, I, I think that he, him and Tony, um, You know, it's really funny to speak on that real quick. Carlito was in an interview a few weeks back and he said he didn't want to ruin this. But uh MJF's one of the nicest guys he's ever met outside of the actual ring. And it kind of defeated the purpose of his character that he's seen on television. So it was like it was a little disheartening to see him be such a nice person and very kind and elegant and all of that. And he goes, but then he's on TV he's a piece of shit so it's just like how does how does that all correlate with one yeah. another i have no idea he does a very good job of it but he goes he was just it's very interesting but i do I, I i agree with pretty much what everyone has said i think you know this is mjf man this is this is my king this is what he does this is how he makes AEW one of the best shows every wednesday every single week coming out there with that $500 Burberry scarf and the shoes and the whole nine yards, the triple B, you know, the music playing the whole nine and really giving us what we wanted. We want to see someone acting like a fool, a banana head straight on television. And he gives us that and more each and every week. So I, I definitely say that he pretty much has resigned. I agree with Asa as well. He's pretty much resigned. It would be very foolish for yeah. Tony not to resign him because at that stage, I don't know who they're going to have. You know, maybe Moxley and the BCC kind of be the new people that headline TV every week. They've been doing it for sure, being on television. You know, Tony Storm and the Outcast now having some gold. That's also great. But speaking of Tony uh, Storm, she had some nice comments to say about the interim women's belt that was an existing thing at one point in the AEW uh, roster, that it was bullshit, that it kind of made no sense and there was no real thing about it, I'll say. Um and I, I want to go with Willie. We'll start with Willie with this one. Um what did what did you what did you think? Do you kind of agree with that? Because I, I believe I do too. I think it was you know the the point of it kind of being that like hold on wait a minute you're the champ but not the champ. You gotta still like wait it out until the competition's really there so we can get the belt on you, this, that, and the third. So do you believe what Tony Storm has said about that and and agree, or do you have your own thoughts on that? Willie. I think he froze. Oh, He died. Might have froze. All right. Wolf, we'll start with you then. Uh, All right. Wolf, what do you what did you think of Tony Storm's comments real quick? Um,
3: could you just repeat them for sure. me? Just so for she time. so
1: she pretty much stated in her little media scrum because they talked about the women's championship and they briefly mm-hmm. talked about the interim uh, championship being that little 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 uh, moment before you actually get an opportunity to become the women's champion during that period when it was like Thunder Rosa kind of gave it up and that's when the belt kind of got claimed and this, that, and the third, all about the actual yeah. um, moment. But she was, she stated pretty much that it was kind of nonsense, that pretty much it was bullshit and that they should just have been a champion to be there no matter what. And um, you know, do you agree with that? Do you think that is something yeah. that um, is accurate or do you think that we need that interim championship to kind of either, Give new superstars a chance at the belt, or more or less, kind of give that uh, lobby cue type of uh, yeah, I, for them.
3: I yeah, I didn't entirely like the interim, the whole interim thing. Um, even with Mox as interim champion, um, like, I mean, it didn't make sense to me, I think. Uh, To me, it just felt like uh, he should have been the champion with Punk gone. Um, What's it called? Like, Moxley, like, absolutely has been, like, I mean, he's been a hard, like, carrier of AEW. And, like, it makes sense for him to be a multi-time, like, AEW world champ, in my opinion. Uh, but either way, regarding this whole, um, but yeah, like the whole interim thing, I, I don't like it. Uh, what's it called? Um, and then, so while she's right on that, uh, Tony, unfortunately... Uh, has severely fallen off for me. Like, I just, like, now it's so crazy because her time as interim women's champion was like m- felt more legitimate than her championship now. Um, because, like, uh, during her time as interim women's world champion, which was counted as a women's world championship reign um now i just i don't feel like tony deserves it anymore because especially joining the since joining the outcast tony is does not feel like a main event talent anymore she's nowhere close in my opinion um and i just i i can't believe i'm saying that because i watched jamie versus tony at full gear i thought it was amazing and then i double or nothing after she joined the outcast i'm like i don't want to see her like fight like for like a world title like until she gets back up because I, I don't know i i don't know it's maybe it's just the booking and the whole outcast thing but that out the whole like her being part of the outcast she's not it, it's a severe downgrade
1: i gotcha um, i see k fabulous <laughs> gripping the seat <laughs> in anticipation seat really about tony' my, storm yeah team. yeah i'm I've sorry i and i, I like tony. I, I know I know I like that's it. why i figured this could be a great
3: question i like so. tony and I thought like her teaming up with like as like a tag team with like Soraya maybe I was like okay I'm done with it now this whole like outcast thing she's like just feels like Kind of the bottom of the outcasts. Uh, mm. so- Is
2: the queen of the outcasts?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, I <laughs> want to. Let's hear from Kay for the a top little
2: bit. Of that I mean, I think I'm not a big fan of the interim title. Uh, I think that they kept it as an interim belt for too long when she mm-hmm. had it when Thunder Rosa was injured. Um, I am thrilled to see that she has the belt again. Um, I can see how, especially with the interference and Jamie Hayter's injury, not seeing this win as important as when she became interim champion. Um, yeah, I just think she's she's one of the best and most consistent women in the ring. And I think that should be rewarded. And so okay. I think she deserves the title.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, in the ring, I would agree she's like good. But like... And and while I would agree that she does, that she should be rewarded, it feels like Tony is not actually rewarding her. Like, yeah, she has the belt, but like, it just feels like the booking has gotten severely worse since, since she became part of the outcast. Um Yeah, but she
2: just got the belt, so we have to see what they do with the booking now. I don't yeah, I hope
3: like now that Tony is is champion, she's gonna like actually be like booked as like the top
2: Mm -hmm. like I'm really hoping for a
3: a feud
2: with Sheeta is what I want her to
3: do. Uh but I don't want her to just seem like uh what's it called? Soraya's like (laughs) lackey. Yeah, that's how bad I bad feel man. about um oh I'm I'm hoping it'll change. Maybe it'll actually be better. Um I'm just also like speaking of Soraya, I don't even know what happens next. Uh with her, like at like at this rate, like I feel like she fits in the, the JS than her own action because mm-hmm. she seems yeah, to actually point. work with jericho fine um
2: she definitely fits in better with the jas than anna j does
3: yeah yeah i mean anna j is kind of yeah we're good. dylan wasn't a question just to go back to
0: it i'm oh, sorry wasn't a question about the interim championship right yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah. I just want to go back to the question, not to cut cut out the Tony Storm talk. But I think everybody said what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so my opinion on interim championships is a little different. <coughs> okay. Um, so I think, you know, Tony Khan was trying, you know, when, when AEW started, he was trying to make it more legitimate, you know. So they were doing the one-loss records and the rankings. And he took the interim, he took it from UFC, um mm-hmm. uh, or, or some kind of mixed martial arts you know one of those federations
1: right, right.
0: and so I, I like the interim where you know if you're injured you know it's like things happen in life you know shit happens you're injured hey you know it's not your fault you're still the champ
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in in a way but we got to have a champ so there's an interim champ and then you get your shot when you're when you're healthy. And then we can determine who's who's the real champ again. Right, right. I I like it uh, personally. I think you need to, you know, like Kay said, maybe put a time limit on it because I think with Thunder Rosa, it went on for maybe too long. Mm -hmm. um, When another woman could have had it. Right. I think just the thought of it, of hey, somebody's injured, let's let's let them have a chance to actually to actually lose the title if they're going to lose it let's have them lose it in the ring. Mhm. I like the thought but but maybe the execution leaves a little something to be desired. I
1: like that. I like that answer. Um I kind of I I kind of agree with that answer. Um but speaking of longevity and title reigns being a little too long Kevin Brown has a great question for you guys over at No Bones. He says, what's your thoughts on Jade Cargill's title reign? Did she have a good run? Would love to hear your opinion. Sure. So uh, I hate to give a
0: wishy-washy answer, but yes and no. Okay. So yes, in that, I mean, it's dominant. You know, we'll look back in wrestling history and say, hey, you know, this woman – Gave a dominant performance, not only that, but it was a dominant black woman, and she went undefeated, uh, ran a record up to 60 and 0 before she lost. You know, what a feat. Yeah. But kind of like Goldberg's streak, you know, a lot of it was against jobbers, a lot of it was against people we never heard from again or before. Um, So, and a lot of the matches didn't go more than two minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. so while the the feet while she herself is impressive mm-hmm. was the streak itself that impressive not
1: not really okay you know? i got that no i i, I got that answer i like no it's not really a wishy-washy answer to be honest with you i you kinda, know i do agree to it though to an extent because um you know like you said. A lot of the competition that Jade had was people we have never heard from again. Or maybe people that worked for Tony Khan in the back doing the setup of the show with the ring apron or, you know, hanging out with the superstars in the back. You know, somebody we know we would never, ever see again. And I think that does kind of, in a way, hurt her streak to an extent because her being as powerful and as strong of a woman that she is being that first lady to have in a w at least that longevity reign of a title to hold with significance you know it does hurt her when she's facing people like john from across the street you know like it doesn't make sense to have those matches when we rather see matches more from sky blue nyla rose more from maybe Britt baker or tony storm ruby soho soraya have actual people that we see on a frequent basis, on a weekly basis, then have her just face, you know, Charlotte from backstage. You know, it doesn't really add up to that. uh, Wow. She, you know, she's beaten these legendary WWE women, women from AEW day one. So I, I totally understand what you were saying with that. Yeah. I mean,
3: there (laughs) were, there, there were like a few people like, like actual, like proper, like candidates that she did beat. Absolutely. Uh like Sky, she did beat Sky Blue. She did right. beat uh, Nyla Rose. She did beat uh Willow Nightingale. She beat yep. uh Marina Shafiro. She beat uh she beat Athena at all out. Um she beat uh, what's it called? She's uh, beat a lot of the roster but everyone.
1: at the same time a lot of the matches from that Rain. Let's say about you know, if I have to give a number, let's say five or eight of those maybe matches were against people we, you know, when was the last time we saw the last from like three weeks ago from the last time she faced somebody on Dynamite that she's beaten two minutes that was just like you know two two special moves the finisher and that's it we call it a day you know like
3: that's that's more
1: or less where where I feel um her her rain becomes a little like sour grapes. You know, it kind of is like exciting. Yes, she did an amazing job being the first one in AEW to have that longevity reign, like an Oscar from WWE, holding that title for such a long time, prominent and proud. And then, you know, having moments that were very short winded and so quick that we are forgetting them. You know, I don't even know who she fought. That—that's how exciting those matches were. Yeah. We forgot who she fought, and I think that it kind of gives you that—that that answer itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but from another question, real quick, from Dave Smith: Do does Jade ever have had a long feud with someone? In my opinion, she just got a random opponent. Same for Austin Theory. So, do you guys feel that she's had, besides at least for now? Taya Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie yeah. Um, someone with a long feud against her for that TBS belt. I'll, I'll start with you, Wolf. Do you think that besides Taya Valkyrie, has there been someone else that has been a multiple match opponent uh, for yeah. uh, Jade Cargill?
3: I mean, I'm pretty sure like the only like two people I can think of that like she's like fought multiple times, but it's not like a feud uh was Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Mm-hmm. Um like nothing else um like I don't think she like really had a proper feud with like anyone. Like maybe if there was like a small feud with, with like her like uh one and done thing with like her and Athena, uh I could like maybe count that um but otherwise no uh
1: how about no. you guys how about no bones do you guys feel besides Taya valkyrie yeah no, no yeah. I, mean, I haven't had a few you know Not really
0: yeah
1: but i mean the good thing the good thing about all this
0: the good thing about this loss is now she becomes interesting you mm-hmm. know
4: mm-hmm.
0: when you're when you're 60 you know i mean that's kind of interesting but it, it can only be interesting for so long yeah, and
2: it's only interesting in one
0: way. And it's only interesting in one way. Right, right. Will she win again? Yes or no? Right. That,
1: that's as much as you get out of that. That she becomes sixty-one and one. You exactly. know, like just it's, like she Goldberg, tried to do the Hoover. Undertaker streak. That's right. takes. <laughs> you know, she surprised.
0: It's just like Goldberg. You know, he really right. when he became an interesting character to watch in WCW was when he went like when he became one hundred and fifty and won. When they zapped him yeah. with the with that taser, oh yeah, Kevin Nash won the belt from him. Yep, that's when it became interesting to see what Goldberg did to me, right? In WCW, to yeah. see how they how they bounce back. Because now now we have a character who has weaknesses, who who we see you know have ups and downs. Now we have a character we can use in stories. Right. So this is nothing but a plus for her. I mean, now we can actually integrate her
1: into the shows. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the only way to take down giants of that type of magnitude is with a taser. You know, sometimes (laughs) you just got to take them down with a, a, you know, an amenable object that hurts a lot more than an uppercut. You know, sometimes
3: you just got to. But a little
1: bit. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. So basically, I just wanted to share from what I've read that, um, apparently right now jade is going to take like a brief vacation and then uh she's gonna come back with a personality change uh, so i could very well so yeah i think uh it's possible that she comes back as a face um Mm. especially since there doesn't seem to be like too many i don't know it just feels like there's more main event like heel talent than uh, face. And I think they need to, they needed it to turn up. or like tweeners or mm-hmm. tweeners than like, and heels than like outright baby faces. Um a good point. I think building up Nightingale, Sheeta coming back is great. Statlander coming back is great. Uh, but... I think jade cargill probably comes back as a baby face and i wouldn't be surprised if she comes back and goes for that woman's world title mm-hmm. uh, because she's in my opinion she's definitely a competitor for it um the only thing that I mean, it might be slightly interesting because I think Tony did mention something about Jade. Um, Like she would... Like Tony said, like she would knock her out or something. Um, And I'm just thinking... I could potentially see like a face Jade Cargill beat Tony for the belt. But we'll have to see how it goes.
1: I like that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think her... Coming back now as a new personality to Ace's point, I think now it would be the interesting factor that she now is going to be giving us. So maybe she comes back as a face. Maybe she comes back as a heel, but more of a loving heel than, than a regular heel that everybody isn't a fan of. Well, you know, when
0: they, if they start booking the women and using them a little more on the oh, show, yeah. we could get back to this outcast versus Originals feud. And maybe Jade comes back and gives the, the originals a hand against the outcasts, you know? I like that yeah. too. I think the, that could work. I don't I mean she can't join up because she's not an outcast. She can't join up with the outcasts. But right. that would mean that the outcasts would have to
1: get another member as you well. You know? Mandy Rose. I don't know, man, you know, at this day yeah, uh, you know. Mandy's I don't know. I don't awesome, know. It could yeah. be it could be very interesting. But to wrap up AEW news before we go over to WWE news, I figured we could briefly talk about AEW's brand-new video game that finally has a release date. I know a few of us already have pre-ordered it. (laughs) AEW's Fight Forever. We got a little bit of the roster reveal. We got some gameplay. We got some uh, new single-player mode, a story mode even today uh, with John Silver. So I want to hear yeah. from No Bones, So I know it's pre-ordered there. We were talking about it prior to the show. Uh, what do you want? Are you excited? How, how many hours are you putting into this game? Oh, That's really goodness. the real question. I am so excited.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, I, the, man, where do, I'm trying to think where to start. <laughs> the, the most hours I've put into games were on the original Nintendo. I'm older than you guys. Okay. But well, I'm 29, so yeah. But if you maybe. take away, if you take away those games, the most hours I've spent on any games were the the THQ wrestling games. Okay. Uh, you know, no, Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, World Tour, No Mercy, oh, wow. those, and SmackDown One and SmackDown Two on PS1. Oh yeah, okay, uh, I remember, I remember. By Uke's. And so you developed this game um, and, you know, word was Kenny Omega said, well, you know, of course, we're trying to make it like No Mercy, you know, which most, you know, most people tend to think, uh, or I guess that's kind of objectively thought of as the best wrestling game all around. Right. As far as the mode and the, you know, the what all you can do with it the create wrestler the mode mm-hmm. the graphics etc um so yes i'm very excited as you can tell oh uh, yeah how much time am i gonna put into it man so much i'm gonna stream the shit out of this game oh man i'm gonna have to um, check it out yeah yeah and uh man yeah i can't i can't wait i don't know what what i'm gonna do first you know uh <laughs> I uh, probably will will start. I'll probably want to be the story mode because, I mean, that's so fun in a wrestling game is to is to play through, and see how the wins and losses and the choices, you know, the branching paths. Right. That was the best. That was my favorite part about those older games. I mean, mm-hmm. aside from the the engine, the engine itself was the best part. Right. But my, so I should say, my second favorite part besides the engine itself was uh, the branching paths, because that was the first time that was done in, in, in an American wrestling game, at least those branching paths, um, you know, letting us live out these stories that we see in a video game form. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to do it again because, yeah, because I did it for hours and hours back in the day. And so I'm anxious to kind of relive that and uh, yeah, and, and and play it all again,
1: man. yeah, I cannot wait for this game. Okay. well, then for K Fab, I'm gonna just ask this simple question. Yeah. how many hours do you believe he's going to be putting into this actual game?
2: I think anytime that he is home and is not sleeping and not like recording a podcast or actively watching wrestling, he's going to be playing this game. Like I think it's going to consume what little free time he has, and possibly going to cut into that sleep time, is, is, my, is my thinking. Because you know how Tony Khan likes to make like a big announcement pretty much every other week? Well, since he's been doing that, we have been predicting that the announcement is going to be finally the release date for AEW Fight Forever. And so it's been this like long-awaited thing that is finally, finally happening, so.
1: Okay. yeah. Alrighty righty. Now, Wolf, I know we've been talking about it. You've been spamming the group chat about it. What are you most excited for, and how many hours are you going to be putting into this game?
3: Uh, well, I am a busy man, so unfortunately with school, uh, taking my time. This is my last semester, so I have to actually like spend time on my school. So, uh, Good answer. Good answer. I'm probably gonna take like a couple hours of like my night um, at best, like every night. Um, it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> yeah, I maybe like just uh, play a couple games or like spend like an hour or two on like during the night. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, like, after, like, the watch lines or something like that. I don't know. Well, it really depends. But uh, what I'm most excited for... Uh, I'm intrigued by the many games, but probably most excited for the story mode and probably the customization, just cause, like, how much I can do it, just because I love customization. I just... I want to i just want to play it i get you uh the career mode i i really want to see like how it looks um how it will be like um just what the different things you can do especially if i play with people like moxley malachi um i i think i'm gonna have a lot of fun with that
1: okay i'll like To Ace's point, I, too, am very excited. I haven't pre-ordered it just yet. I'm probably not going to. uh, I might pre-order it. I don't know just yet what I'm going to do, but I know I'm definitely going to be getting it. But uh, to Ace's point, I, too, have been playing wrestling games for a very, very long time. I started my console journey on the Dreamcast, so I do know the old school games as well, 64 GameCube, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, uh, all of those great handhelds and plus more. But my wrestling game journey starts off on the PlayStation 2 with SmackDown's Just Bring It. I can tell you now my mom had to physically, physically pull me away from the TV (laughs) to go outside and touch grass because I was obsessed, obsessed. I couldn't put it down. The Spider Man action figures meant nothing to me. The G.I. Joes were in the garbage. It was PlayStation 2, and that was it. Between that, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, all the great classics, I was obsessed. So, SmackDown versus Raw, here comes the pain, and plus more. I'm. 60, 70, 100 hours in. So I'm guaranteeing you, me and Asa will definitely have a lot to be talking about via Twitter about what we've been doing in AEW's Fight Forever and probably competing on how many hours we both have played against one another, if not playing against one another. So I, too, am very excited. It does come out June 29th. And if you do pre-order now, there's two different varieties. There's the Elite Edition. That comes with broken Matt Hardy as well as regular Matt Hardy, which is a little interesting. Matt Hardy was in the gay show a lot earlier than Jeff, figuring maybe Jeff would be the pre order bonus, but hey, you never know. Uh, but with the Elite Edition, you get the Season Pass, which gives you a whole slew of new characters like Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, uh, uh, Wolf. You want to name the rest of them for me? Because I'm
3: drawing uh, a blank. Bunny. Bunny. Uh, Hook, Danhausen, uh Keith Lee. Keith Lee. That's it. <laughs>
1: wow. And plus a whole slew of more that is definitely, definitely, definitely going to be coming. And I see Andrew uh, over here in the chat said, I'm just as hyped for the skateboarding aspect that is going to be an all elite pro oh, yes. skater. I guess a mini game that you can play inside the actual AEW game itself, which I actually saw too just like an hour ago before going live, which I don't really know too much about it. But if any one of you guys do, if you want to inform me and inform the chat, go right ahead. The floor is yours because it looks interesting, I will yeah. say that.
0: I saw Darby Allen skateboarding around, and then
1: I saw Chris
0: Statlander <laughs> also yeah. skateboarding around.
1: Yeah, it seems like you could <laughs> skate with whoever you want. So maybe so, you yeah. can have that ability, maybe have – Chris Statlin or Tony Storm riding in on a skateboard with the brand new AEW women's belt. I mean, maybe this is your in, uh, K-Fab. This is your in yeah. to get into <laughs> AEW fight forever now, you know? I know you're an r play player, Hawk, but, sometimes you know. Hawk,
2: So maybe the skateboarding will uh, will pull don't me in. Tony Storm
1: riding on a skateboard. I don't know. That, yeah. It can't get any better than that. That's true. You know, I mean, Skyrim's up there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. It is up there. I'm a big RPG yeah. fan myself as well, so mm-hmm. I totally understand. But yeah. skateboarding and wrestling at the same time, and you yeah, get to pick the wrestler, odd. I don't know. There's, a, there's some competition right there. <laughs> yeah, but, but as we wrap up AEW news, let us head over to WWE because WWE had some very interesting things happen. Uh, we'll start off with the most talked about, I guess, that's happening right now on the wrestling community. Is a brand split even dead right now? Is it actually dead? Because AJ Styles was apparently, or actually, on Monday Night Raw this previous Monday. And since that has happened, everybody in the wrestling community, off oh, the branch splits dead. There was no point in the draft. Anybody can go anywhere. People could probably even go to AEW at this point. It doesn't even make a difference. <laughs> so I want to hear from No Bones. Let's so start with you guys. How did you feel about AJ coming and, of course, tag teaming with Seth later on in the night mm-hmm. to face the judgment days? Uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And do you think the Brand split's dead or do you think this was just a one time only
0: situation? I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to complain about more AJ Styles, you know, that's always the right, thing. Right. But but like <laughs> said, yeah, I mean the, the Brand split was dead on arrival because Okay. I mean they've the, because I, the Raw and SmackDown women's titles are still on the the wrong fucking shows. You know? <laughs> And they haven't done anything about it. Right. T- just to start with. And, you and know, Ra- Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez, Raquel Rodriguez yeah. wasn't she drafted to SmackDown? Uh, but she's been on Raw? Oh, no, she's
3: drafted, drafted to, to Raw. Raw. Okay, I, know Shotzi, to I know Shotzi was
0: drafted to SmackDown.
3: Shotzi was drafted to SmackDown, drafted to SmackDown. and, and I, I mean... The- also, Damage Control is on Raw while there's on SmackDown, but yeah. I think the excuse was just, oh, women's tag title match, it doesn't matter because they're both, because it's cross-brand anyway.
0: Let's see, then there's that excuse, and then there's the AJ excuse, and then there Regarding
3: AJ, um, apparently AJ showing up on Raw was uh, straight from Vince McMahon. Uh, and like originally, it was also a last minute decision. Um, uh, I I think, uh, from what I read, HA was not expecting to even be on Raw. Uh, but Vince, Vince, um, uh, yeah,
1: but let's let's let let ASA just finish his point real quick yeah. before you before you hop on, Wolf. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I know ASA was in the middle of a sentence, yeah. so just go right ahead, buddy. I'm sorry about that.
3: Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um right, so they've got these, you know, excuse that's what I'm saying. They got this excuse, oh it's just just for this time, just for the women's tournament. They've got this excuse, oh it's just AJ, just tonight. It's a special one time thing. We've seen it in the past with these drafts when they did, Oh, it's the it's the, the the invitational where a superstar can come two times every six months on the second Thursday of whatever you know, all this silliness uh you know the the brand i mean to call it dead i guess not because for the most part they do keep them apart but you know the thing is every time they talk about how serious the brand split is oh we're really keeping it separate this time yeah yeah they're not no no there's not gonna be any any blending and every time and, and this time, right from the start, they started blending together. Right. I said, the thing that really grinds my gears is the women's titles are still on the wrong shows <laughs> without being renamed, without being swapped. It's just, it gets on my nerves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so the brand split, dead on arrival. It serves no purpose other than to limit the the, uh, the creativity of of the booker of the writers mm-hmm. uh, I mean I understand it from a scheduling point of view okay. I understand that yeah. uh, but uh but man that's that's about it it's you know it sucks that mm-hmm. I, I think it's time to end to end the brand split kind of thing and it and it looks like AW is going down that road and I don't want to I don't want to turn this into an AW discussion but I think uh, man I think that's a mistake. If they go down that road to that, mm-hmm. all you do is limit yourself. If you say, you stay, you know, you stay over here, you stay over here. All you're doing is limiting the stories that you can write and the matches that you can book. You're just tying your hands for no reason. Mm. You know? That's, I, that's the way I feel about it. How about you, Kay?
1: What do you think?
2: I mean, I feel like I'm the one that talked him into that, so I have the same opinion. <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah, I, I I don't think the brand split is totally dead, but I wish that it was totally dead. Um, mm. I wish a quick yeah. quickened and precise death upon it. Uh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, I just it it I just I don't understand it from a business perspective. Like why you're you're handcuffing yourself for no reason. You know, like you're putting yourself in a box that that you can't get out of. Uh, and, and you're not getting any benefit from it. Like, even if it is for making scheduling easier, well, then just schedule them that way. They don't have to be... A, a, there doesn't have to be a brand split if you don't want this person to be on the show two times in one week. Then just don't schedule them two times in one week. You know, like, yeah. I don't think... Uh, it just it really limits them. Plus, I really want Dominic Mysterio to be on the same show as Ray Mysterio, and yeah. I will never let that yeah. go. Yeah, we never got an ending to that feud. Yeah, it's it eats at me. Yeah. I think about it at night. It, it keeps me up late. And people and,
0: were into that feud. I mean, yeah. it was hot. That had a lot of heat at WrestleMania. And like we drafted them LWO together
2: to fight the Judgment Day, and then they just separated them. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was, yeah. The so, weirdest thing in the draft, yeah. they just separated them. And we never got an ending that father son feud that I yeah, thought was gonna be. A- I, I agree.
1: I, I again to Wolf's point, he, like he was saying before, it's Vince McMahon. That's that's some uh, only only Vincent Kennedy McMahon would do some wildly dumb shit like that. Uh and give us what we want just for a little bit, and then of course take it away as quickly as he gave it, uh, with no remorse. But to Wolf's point, Wolf, I, I know I cut you off before, I apologize it's fine. for that, but uh, as you were saying before, you know with with AJ that was kind of a Vince decision uh, and everything. So el- elaborate more on that moment. Um,
3: yeah, 100 percent brand split is that the draft was worthless. Uh, it doesn't matter because now Vince can just decide who goes where right uh, freely. and there was literally no point to the draft. like um, what's it called? when my when I was talking to my friend and like he was like talk like dunking on Paul uh Heyman being on Raw to like work with Imperium and shit and saying like oh isn't he on SmackDown? I'm like, well he's a manager so like kinda doesn't matter um as like it's it's whatever. And then I was like okay um and then AJ was on Raw and I'm like, okay, that I can't really uh well and well actually first Shotzi came on Raw and I was like, okay, it was just because women's tag titled shenanigans, which people don't like anyway. Um that's just it. And then AJ came on Raw and I'm like, okay, there's not really I mean I did say like, oh, Apparently it was just a one-time thing that he's just congratulating Seth, and then Judgment Day came in and decided to be talking smack, and I'm like, okay, yeah, still. Uh, it, I I had a feeling it was a Vince decision because um, it didn't make sense. The, I mean, he the AJ didn't have to like come congratulate Seth, All right. Like, we could have lived without that, and it, it was so dumb, Um. but yeah, if Vince can just be like, oh yeah, he can show up here, even though he's not drafted to this show, Um, it, it doesn't matter then, the draft is utterly worthless, there's no point to it, like, we've literally been lied to, like it's literally the same as before
1: right Except yeah,
3: like maybe except they're gonna give us the illusion of like oh the brand split exists uh and it's just like gonna take like a month or two to actually settle in but really it's just what based on vince mcmahon's whims
1: right uh, you know, maybe the brand split wasn't more or less for the roster per se. You know, I I, I do agree with to both of your points. I feel like at the same time, the 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 draft itself was a little bit more meaningless per se, especially with the fact that it came prior to Backlash. You know, with a lot of things that kind of ended from WrestleMania 39, part uh, part one and part two, mostly ending at Backlash's WrestleMania or just backlash, whatever the hell they're calling it at this stage of the game. Uh, You know, a lot of the stories weren't really finished. A lot of the stories weren't really done. There wasn't really an ending to most of these things. So, you know, more or less, I think the draft was maybe put in place for the belts to be signified and maybe put on the actual shows. Itself to have current and more rotating champions to have more of an active men and women's division, having those more, uh, better opportunities to uh fight for the title, uh, itself than actually just being like Rhea's on Raw and Bianca's on SmackDown and that's that. It's like, but we're still kind of hinting at the both of them. Fighting at WrestleMania 40 and that possible unification of the belts, which nobody seems to really want. I definitely don't want it. I think that's actually worse than having two belts from different brands on two different people from the wrong brands. So honestly, it does that doesn't make any uh, a lick of sense. But, you know, with now the world... Heavyweight championship kind of being a Raw-only belt, the Universal belt from what Triple H said when revealing the World Heavyweight belt, that the Universal will stay on SmackDown. I think that was more or less for the draft itself, was for these titles to be sectioned off onto these two different brands to kind of give a, a new life to the division of men and women for their opportunities to fight in these tournaments or fight in these uh, competitions to have a chance at gold in some aspect, you know, with the heavyweight belt now being on raw with Seth, I think that, um, you know, now Seth's going to defend it. You know, that was another point to triple H's reveal of this belt was now that we have a champion on raw, we're going to have someone that's willing to come here and defend it on a nightly matter, Not like Roman reigns, who shows up when he wants and does whatever he wants. And that's that's true. That is true. That is what is happening. And now that we have a concurrent champion, a fighting champion, like a Gunther, like an Austin Theory on these brands, we now kind of give more of a hope to the division itself of the men and women so that they have an opportunity. I mean, I don't think Asuka would have had an opportunity if maybe she wasn't on SmackDown with Bianca and the belt. I think that kind of maybe wasn't even a thought. Maybe Bianca was going to defend it, but maybe not to what we saw, you know, maybe another one-off, maybe just her keeping the belt for a longer period, then dropping it eventually um, and everything. So maybe that's more or less what the, the, the draft was supposed to be, but it turned to be this You're on Raw. You're on SmackDown. You're a free agent. You're on NXT. NXT can come up this, that, and the third. And now we have to the next topic is Mustafa Ali and Baron Corbin now back on NXT. And to some, it's very good because now they have opportunities. They have. I. Many people feel more opportunities to be in the ring and have better competition, better opponents, and better challenges and matches to be more. Uh, uh, memorable than what they were having on WWE. We remember Baron kind of having the happy Corbin phase, then the sad Corbin phase, then the kind of happy Corbin phase again. Then it was, I'm a losing street Corbin again. And, uh, you know, then we had Mustafa having his Mr. Positivity, then to Mr. Negative and to get a life kid. So now him being on NXT where they grew and became who they were for WWE now back on uh NXT, we'll take it to Wolf. Wolf, do you think that this was a a better decision and a better outlook for Mustafa and Baron Corbin's career in the long run?
3: Um yes, yes. I I think I, I'm going to like break it down between the two of them. For Ali, um I definitely think he could do well in NXT. Um he definitely I could see him, like, absolutely being a North American title contender. I actually did not, I'll be honest, I didn't expect it to be Ali. I actually expected it to be Cedric. Uh, I thought Cedric Alexander would have come to NXT and challenge Wesley or be involved with Wesley. Maybe he comes later, but... uh, I I think this is good for Mustafa Ali just because on the main roster he's not really doing much. He's been getting a bit of wins, but I I think it would very much help his him to go to be back in NXT to actually and potentially be like heavily involved, especially if he's involved in the mid card title for NXT now corbin um thank god uh <laughs> that um him going after mellow i don't like but what's it called it, yeah corbin needed to go back to nxt like it's not even funny and i'll also be honest um potentially it might still not be enough. Corbin might need to turn face because I hate Corbin as a heel. Like, not, and that's not like as uh heel, like heat thing. Like, no, he's bad as a heel. He's just garbage as a heel. I think he, uh, to help his career, he needs to turn face. But if he wants to have like a small feud with Mellow, then like, fine. Um, like mellow slaps him around and then uh maybe he goes like further down and then he realizes maybe i shouldn't be so much of a dick um and then turns face uh while still remaining in nxt because i think he might need to stay in nxt uh Bringing back the Lone Wolf might be good for him. The Lone Wolf gimmick might be good for Corbin. But um, the problem is Corbin was, like, never over. Except, like, once in, like, a house show in, like, France or something. (laughs) Um, And that's because, yeah, they love everybody. Um, (laughs) But, like... Corbin has never really been, like, good or, like, cared for. And I have been waiting for Corbin to go back to NXT because he desperately needs it. I'm like, right now, Corbin was not... Like, before he went back to NXT, I was like, Corbin's not working out. Like, things are not working out for Corbin. And I literally said, like, openly if this if things continue like this corbin needs to be let go um mm. like outright uh and i said he either needs to go back to nxt or he needs to turn face or both and if that still does not work he needs to be released and uh i got a little backlash from it, it just because people were like saying oh he's a safe worker he's a consistent worker what I'm like, yeah, but he just sucks. (laughs) Like he just, he never has been like good. He's never been like over, like he's never been relevant. People like say, oh, he was like good with broke Corbin. And I'm like, that's the closest he's ever been like relevant. And even then it was like, it was still kind of a joke. Mm -hmm. um lone wolf was interesting but he was still like like still like lower mid carter and now he's just outright just a jobber and i don't know i'm hoping nxt things get better with him in nxt i'm sure sean will make him look incredible um but yeah
1: I don't know. Yeah. I like it. No, I like the answer. It's a it's a good opinion. I like I like the opinion. How about you guys over no bones? What are what are we thinking? Do we think Mustafa Ali coming to NXT was a smart move? Do we think Barrett Corbin coming back to where he began his reign as the lone wolf uh in NXT? Do we think it's a good decision?
2: Um which well, is being upfront, we don't watch NXT,
1: but oh, perfect,
2: I do. I do, th- I do think that it was a good move for them to go to NXT because okay. I do watch the other WWE shows, and both of them. I mean, up until Ali's like last like two and a half, three weeks, he's mm-hmm. been a jobber, and so is Corbin mm-hmm. for for a while now. Um, and so, I think that it's better for both of their careers probably to go to NXT. I think mm-hmm. it's better for Corbin to go to NXT so that I don't have to see him anymore. So that's like a win-win. Um, uh, I I disagree that his Lone Wolf phase was a good one. Uh, I was not a fan of Lone Wolf Corbin. Uh, pretty much any other phase of Corbin is preferred over Lone Wolf Corbin. Wow, you you rather see your dad Corbin hair and he was just creepy and not in a oh. fun creepy way, just in like a uh. creepy way.
1: Not yeah. you, so. You'd rather you'd rather take happy Corbin or sad Corbin. I
2: will take any Corbin over. Wow. One. I, Corbin, yeah.
3: I mean, I I can, I'm, I was more so thinking like gimmick wise and less like. Long hair, like
2: <laughs> the hair is a big thing for me. Like, yeah,
3: no, like we can active. keep Corbin bald. We yeah. can, we yeah. don't need him to come back. With new long generation
1: hair. lone wolf, bald <laughs> Corbin. You know, maybe that'll yeah. be the new gimmick. So, what, what do you have to say about that?
0: So, I think for for Corbin, it's a good thing because, right, what whatever they were doing with him wasn't working in WWE, and and like Wolf touched on. You know, I've heard that. Yeah, people like to work with him because supposedly he's very safe. Very safe. So supposedly he's one of the workers that people like to work with the most because of that. Yeah. Um, but the fans don't give a fuck, you know, about that, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, to be frank. Yeah. The you know probably the most over he was to me I thought it was back when he was King of the Ring, you know. Okay. I thought he had a little heat, but uh whatever they've been doing lately isn't working. So <clears throat> definitely for him to have some some sort of new start was needed. Mm-hmm. If, for Ali, is it is it good? It, is it good for his career? Uh like it's not good that he is going back there, no. But is it good that he can maybe get some tips from Shawn Michaels? Yes. Okay. Um, So whatever he can gain from Shawn Michaels, you know, Ali, you know, a lot of people are very high on him. I've never seen much, you know, I mean, I've never seen the potential for him to be great. Right. Um. I mean, he can do a 450 splash. That's about
1: as much as I can say
0: for him. I mean, that's cool. That, that's, that's cool. That, I listen, I,
1: I can. I tell you that. There's not but, enough alcohol in this world to make me try to do a 450 splash. I'll tell you that. But, uh, that's true. That is true. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, but he's,
0: you know, whatever he can glean from Shawn Michaels, he needs to right. uh, in his time there. And yeah. so he can he can get back up to WWE. So in that way, it may be good for him. But is it good that he's going back down and playing with the, like, 25-year-olds?
1: No, not really. No. Well, you know, and, and to that point real quick, you know, to we'll, we'll, we'll speak on Baron really quick, and then we'll go to Mustafa because I have, I have just some things to say about both. But with, with Corbin, you know, him being that worker that everybody wants to work with, I think that's kind of a benefit – NXT now has against the WWE because with Baron being now having both feet in both sets of pawns, the professional and like the double A, I guess you could call NXT the, you know, uh, and being a safe worker, a lot of these newer guys coming up or even the guys that are about to become main roster level up, uh, challengers, uh, you know, working with someone like Baron, I think kind of will help them, prepare for those bigger bumps or bigger spots that Barons used to having in the WWE whether he had great moments as happy Corbin or not so happy moments as sad Corbin uh, you know I think that does work for NXT's benefit having someone like him be that security blanket, to not really hurt majority of these newcomers or people about to come into the main roster. So I definitely think that's a good win for NXT because there is a lot of great talent coming in NXT, and that is eventually moving to the main roster. The Braun Breakers, the Carmelo Hayes, Iliad Dragunovs, you know, those men and having them work with someone like Corbin in one-offs or mini-feuds like he's having right now with I'm Him, Carmelo Hayes, I think it's a good decision that they made bringing him down now if this doesn't work to wolf's point what is really left of corbin could he be someone in the back training these guys being that just part-time worker in the back kind of not really on the front lines anymore would he be comfortable doing that after all he's given with his time and effort in being a professional superstar on tv or is he going to unfortunately leave is that something what, that is kind of on the table to wolf's point if this doesn't work if he does come to NXT now and has a feud with someone of the likes of Carmelo Hayes and it doesn't land over with fans it doesn't work for them and you know they try maybe another one or two other feuds and it doesn't work does that mean corbin's reign of being a professional wrestler for WWE has it really ended is it over for him is it done is he just become that one time talent that was hot really good in the indies and became an NXT superstar. We tried him in WWE. He had some spots that worked really well, king in the ring to Ace's point, and then unfortunately kind of fizzled out and became a jobber like, you know, more of a joke of the WWE. Safe worker, great guy, great personality, which is always something you would love to have in a workspace environment, especially with a physical environment like professional wrestling. But If it's not landing with fans paying $100, $200, $500 for seats, I don't think it's worth having somebody like him around if it's not going to win over that crowd. And to Mustafa's point, yeah, you know, Mustafa, I haven't. I, like yourselves, no bones, I do not watch NXT either. I uh, did a little bit in the black and gold era. I watched the Bray Wyatt come up, the Undisputed Era a little bit. Wasn't a big big fan. I'm more or less focused on the WWE side and stuff. But um, you know, to Mustafa's point, is this the almost end for Mustafa's career? Has we have we tried all of it? Have we given him everything we could and it's just still not landing like Baron Corbin? Is this the final straw that we have to kind of push him into this? new 25-year-old NXT selection and pray that some of these feuds that Mustafa has as either a manager like we saw uh recently on, on, on uh, NXT previously uh this past Tuesday, having that friendship alliance kind of with, I believe, Tyler Breeze. Am I right? Was it with, with Breeze? And uh I don't remember the other guy's name, but I, I think it was, was it Bates? Uh, Wolf, you want to correct me real quick?
3: Um. Wait, what was the question?
1: Was it was uh, who was Mustafa came in during what match? Was it oh, Bay? He,
3: yeah, he helped uh, Wes and Bay like deal with Gacy. There we go. So, oh. you know, do we have
1: someone like Mustafa kind of be that person to kind of swoop in and and start kind of being again like Brent Barron having both toes in the water of both different ponds, professional and indie. You know, is it a good thing? Yes. Is it a bad thing that we're kind of pushing them back to where they started from? because they're only supposed to go up, not down. Is this maybe a down for Mustafa Ali? Is this, again, like with Baron Corbin, a almost to the end of the road? Is this it for them if it doesn't land, if they don't want to see him every week and don't connect with the feuds and the storylines that they're going to try to tell Mustafa? Is it going to kind of be that, all right, we exerted all of our, our all of our means. I don't know what to tell you. You're out because there's there's nothing left for you here. You could try to work in the back, you could work as a writer, you could work as a you know trainer with Baron, but you know, if you guys don't want to, we understand that then you gotta we have to part ways. So we shall see as, as NXT kind of rolls on throughout the rest of the year. Maybe we get some big stories from Mustafa, maybe we get some big stories with Baron, maybe we get a nice new happy Baron Corbin. Part 2.3, I don't even know what part we're up to now with Happy Carbon, but maybe we'll get something along that. But speaking of WWE news and, um. feuds and stories that maybe are lasting a little too long, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, are we tired of this feud? Because I sure as hell am. I want to start with uh, no bones. Uh, are we tired of the memes? Are we tired of the angry squidward walk? Are we tired of get a life kid? Are we tired of Brock breaking Cody's arm or do we want more and do we need more at this stage of the game? We'll start with you guys. What what do you guys think?
0: Uh I'm not tired of it. I've okay. I've been enjoying it actually. Okay. Which man to to tell <laughs> you I I think weren't we were we talking about it on on uh on the watch along, no, no, it was one on one of our podcasts. Yeah. It was on one of our, I used to hate Brock Lesnar. Me I mean, too. just fucking <gasps> hate him. I yeah. would fast forward through his matches, mm-hmm. just literally didn't want to see him, just thought he was boring, you know, did the German suplex to the F5, like boring. Hey. I don't want to see it. Um, but this, this feud with, with Cody uh has shown that when he wants to work he can work and they've put on two interesting matches, you know, they put on two matches where every move really kind of meant something. Mm-hmm. And two matches that that where I think they were very well thought out matches. And
2: very different from each other.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think those, those are the kind of matches that Cody puts together mm-hmm. where where things have a purpose. You know, I love matches that tell a story okay now, don't get me wrong I'll, i love spot fest too when guys are flying around right I love right that too but i really love matches that tell a story right and what cody and brock have been doing with both of these matches um i've, I've enjoyed the feud it's not uh, has it been the best feud i've ever seen no um but it's been enjoyable um Mm -hmm. i want to see more i want to see it get settled you know we're at one match to one um you know they need uh they need they need to come up with something to give it a little a little kick right now uh Mm -hmm. so so we don't get bored with it a little hot sauce
1: on the plain wing
0: i gotcha (laughs) (laughs) so we can get to that yeah so we can get to that third match um but no I've, i've been enjoying it yeah
2: Okay. I have too. I hated Brock Lesnar. Like he was probably my least favorite wrestler.
1: Damn.
2: And now, now I would not say that. Um, Wow. I don't know who's, who's taken his place, but, but he's not, he's not at the bottom of the pile anymore.
1: Wow. Um, Okay.
2: I did not love the broken arm angle with, with Cody Rhodes. I felt like, since he'd already wrestled a match acu- actually injured having like a fake injury that was obviously a fake injury right was really stupid um mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the match when they were making like such a big deal about how oh, his arms broke and he's not going to be able to do anything i was like oh shit this is just going to be like a really boring squash match. Uh, but then we started using it as a weapon that I really enjoyed. Um, okay, but, I like that. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes also. Plus just the idea of possibly having three interesting different Brock Lesnar matches in a row. It's like mind-blowing to me that that's a possibility. So
1: mm. I'm interested to see what, what's, what could happen. Nice little opposite side of the coin. Before before I send it over to my my good friend, Wolf, because I know we've been... Talking about it on a lot of the watch longs and stuff like that, but for anybody who hasn't heard me yap about this this theory that I guess Freddie Prince Jr. has, which is that uh, if we all remember, we all can date ourselves just a little bit. Uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes had an amazing promo, legendary promo called the Hard Times promo. It's hard and times, <laughs> yeah, hard times. But it seems. That Freddie's friend, I, I should say, because that's how he put it in the interview, that um, they are recreating the Hard Times promo with Cody Rhodes. So, in some sense of the matter, the Freddie Prince Jr.'s friend believes that what if it wasn't Vince McMahon that actually wanted Cody Rhodes back? It was more Triple H. And Triple H pinched Cody the idea of, hey, buddy, you're going to come back, you're going to be. A superstar. You're going to be absolutely phenomenal, which he has been. Hell in a Cell, Royal Rumble, his comeback at WrestleMania, 38. Fantastic. No one could talk about it, not on the highest regards. But 39, part two, night two comes, and it starts to crumble. And you start going into a losing streak, per se. And you start having these feuds with men who are going to be your roadblock to the actual title, which is the end goal. Because if we remember when Cody Rhodes came back after WrestleMania, he came on Monday Night Raw and he said, the reason I'm here is to obtain the gold my father never got. And it is the World Heavyweight Championship or the regular championship belt. I forgot. It's one of the two. WWE um, Thank you, Wolf. And um, because of that, the Hard Times promo comes now into the picture. And Cody Rhodes, I guess you could say, is having a hard time in some sense of the matter. And um, to many people's belief, they think, or at least Freddie Prince Jr.'s friend believes, that that is what they're trying to tell here with the story. So right before you answer, I just heard the alarm go off. That means we have another guest that is joining, and it is none other than the actual creator and founder of Pro Wrestling Nudes, Ryan, I'm going to have him in real quick. How are you doing, buddy?
0: Good night, everyone.
1: How are you? How are you? But right before you speak, I'm just going to let Asa and K-Fabulous kind of answer that quick question. So do you think this is the promo that Cody Rhodes' story is being told right now? Or do you think that that's not really the story here and it's something a lot more in depth to Cody's personal adversity that he's trying to come over.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is more, has more to
1: do with Cody. Uh
0: You know, I think it's hard, you know, I, I, I get people looking at Cody and seeing shades of his father, seeing, mm. you know, that hard times, a lot of people, they think of Dusty Rose, you yeah. the first thing they think of, you know, oh, it's yes. hard times, daddy. <laughs> that, you know that's one of the first things I think of when I think of Dusty Rhodes or Cody Rhodes for that matter. Right.
1: But or even Dustin, I even think of him a little bit too, yeah. Mr. Gold Dust himself. So absolutely. Yeah.
0: But but is, this is not that no no okay it's it's very different. Um, I I think it is more more intricate. Um because you know Cody isn't really presented as a as a simple man as a common man I mean no. look at the way you know look at the way he presents himself you know he yeah. dresses in these uh, extravagant suits yeah or he dresses as like you know he dresses like
1: he's the prince
0: of wrestling you know
1: he and is one he is a royal family member so I mean <laughs> you gotta dress the part to be the part you know
0: yeah. I mean that's yeah. the thing. right. Uh, he dresses like literally if he were an anime wrestling prince <laughs> in those white suits, you know. I love it. Uh, but so no, th- this is not that. Uh, I get where the guy is coming from, but it's yeah. a different. It's a different story altogether. I believe.
1: Yeah. Okay. What about I, you? I,
2: I think if you gave both stories like a one sentence summary. Mm -hmm. then maybe there would be similarities there. But like Asa was saying, like when you get down to like the nuances of both stories, they have such different paths that they're taking. I mean, the end goal is similar, but... I mean, all stories about heroes are about them trying to overcome obstacles that are placed in front of them. So in that way, they're similar, but... um, but no, I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's a reflection of of his dad's story. Like Asa said, his dad I don't know much about Dusty Rose. He was way before I started watching wrestling. Um Fair enough. But, fair but, enough. But, but I've shown I've seen I've seen I've seen some matches and some of clips, course, right, enough. right. But uh like Asa said, he was much more relatable, I guess, I think mm-hmm. to sort of wrestling fans than Cody is. Uh, although Cody like definitely has like a connection with wrestling fans, but I don't think they see oh, yeah. him as like one of us, you know. Um. Yeah, so I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a a retelling of the same story.
1: Okay. Wolf, what what do you what do you have to say? Do you, are you um, tired of this Cody and Brock feud? And do you think Freddie Prince Jr.'s friend is accurate
3: with this I, new hard times promo? In a way, yes, but mostly no. I think really like uh, the thing is regarding this feud. Um, I am not entirely like too happy about it just because it was. I did. I also didn't like the whole like, uh, like breaking like Cody's arm. Like I enjoyed the like. Part with triple h coming in and talking to cody but i didn't like just like him fighting brock with one arm uh he was already uh, like determined to like fight with one peck or um yeah really last year but i don't i don't think he needed to do that but anyway regarding uh, this whole feud, I would have preferred it being a little more, uh, like extreme kind of like, I, I feel like it should be done by now. But like the fact that it's one one, it's most certainly not. Um, if I if I, we do get another Cody versus Brock match at SummerSlam. I do not want anything less than fight pit, uh, no holds barred. Uh, um, what's it called? Hell in a Cell or uh, Extreme? Or not extreme, uh, Last Man Standing, maybe. Um, even then, I would still prefer like no holds barred or fight pit. I think that's like the optimal, um, like choice to do. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't wanna see more Cody and Brock, but if we're gonna see it then it cannot be another just normal singles match. And I, I better not see them be like, Oh, we're just gonna make it extreme rules. Like, no, no, that matchup <laughs> needs to be like minimum no holds part. Um That like I, I need like something to like reinvest me my attention into that view. But otherwise, I've I've been okay with it. I've accepted it. Um, But I just need more like something better. Like you you keep like they keep on saying fight, fight, fight. I'm like, and you're not doing the fighting match. (laughs) Uh, we're not doing the fighting match type. Like, come on now. Uh, stop playing with us. Yeah, basically. Uh, I really don't know what they're planning. Um, I, I'm just gonna wait it out and see. Okay. But I, if we're getting a third match, it better be the end. I do not want to see any more Brock Lesnar Cody Rhodes fights again afterwards
1: you make him Asa upset right now he's loving this right now so i don't maybe, know man.
3: maybe maybe That's later i
1: don't know i think he's gonna be throwing maybe hands later, later on in his career
3: but right now like this like feud no done after money in the bank summer slum whatever just just give it a rest, like uh if if it's not like no holds barred or fight pit or whatever or anything like that actually like is brutal i i don't care for it uh if it's a normal match again i i will probably not watch it i got you outright i'll be like i mean i'll watch it because content but (laughs) otherwise no
1: part of the job now we have to watch it all even if it's just for content but ace i saw you raise your hand real quick what do you what do you got to say sean in the chat
0: said still don't understand why we have this feud that's my problem which yeah it is a very ill-defined feud Mm -hmm. i mean are they just it it seems to me they're just fighting because they're two top wrestlers right and they're they're like cody said brock is in his way just brock being around he's in Cody's way. Get the fuck out of my way so I can win the world title. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as simple as that. That's what I think, yeah. Okay. We don't need a, any more of a reason. Get the fuck out of my way. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I, th- I feel like seeing Brock's reaction when he, like, freaked out in front of the camera and put his gross-looking face really close to it. Okay. Like, yeah, that Yeah, he wants to fight, you know? Like, I feel like that's reason that enough scary. for him, you know? like. Scary. like like, for Cody, Brock is in the way, but for Brock, Brock just wants to fight. Like, I feel like that's a believable reason for him, his character.
3: um uh, so that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So, I found, uh, I, I hate to, uh, like, uh, go, like, away from the conversation a little bit. I found a clip of AEW Fight Forever with Moxley throwing a bomb at Sheena, Danielson, and Adam Cole. Jeez. A literal This bomb. Fight Forever
1: game is going to be wild. You're just, you're just making Asa so much more excited for this game by telling him more fun things you're going to be able to do in this game. More hours, I just say. It. Asa's not going to be doing podcasting after the tournament. He's just going to be live streaming AEW Fight Forever. That's yeah, just, where the podcast is going to go. like chuck some bomb at the um, That's like, crazy. But to to just kind of quickly, just to what was that? I was
0: gonna say the stuff. uh, Just talking about fight forever again. The stuff we saw today, you know, with the story mode with John Silver. Yeah, with with the skateboarding around with the different (laughs) mini games. It really makes it look like. That they got the the spirit right,
1: you know. Yeah, I mean it really it really makes it look like they nailed this game. I'm I'm gonna tell you now. The moment we all kind of get our hands on it, I know Asa already pre ordered it. Mm-hmm. I know Wolf's getting it. I believe Willie's getting it. I'm well, getting I'm it. I'm getting we're it all, from you. We're all it, well, yeah, exactly. He's getting it through me. I, like we're all gonna be getting our hands on it very very shortly, especially when it comes out. So I think the best way to say this is when it comes out we'll probably wait a week or something so we can actually like mm-hmm. test some of this stuff out but we all need to get together and talk about it I think that mm-hmm. needs to be an episode itself oh, yeah. because I feel like we're very excited for the game I know I am as well as a wrestling fan myself you know more wrestling please give me as much as you can throw at me you know I'm a big fat boy for wrestling so just keep I'm piling it on my dish and I'm gonna keep eating it good or I'm, bad I'm I will just uh, it's, it all, it's all good. Like,
3: get yeah kind of repetitive with the whole... Like, I'm i hoping the updates kind of, like, keep us, like... Intrigued, yeah. yeah. That's the other
1: thing we have to worry about is, like, these DLC packs and these roster updates and even maybe customization updates don't get stale after a while. Because I know with a lot of games, per se, RPG games, role-playing games, multiplayer online games, after a while, the Battle Pass comes out or what may have you it starts getting very stale. It starts getting a little bit cheesy, repetitive. And it'd be like, oh, I spent $60, $70 on a game that I'm so excited for. Two months later, I'm microtransactioning my whole savings account away, and now I'm bored. So it's just like, I hope that doesn't become the actual issue. But to kind of veer back quickly on the road, uh, we're gonna just kind of, I'm just gonna kind of go over what we just talked about with the Cody Rhodes thing, and then maybe do a little brief, on the uh pay-per-views and then we'll kind of wrap the show up here because we're getting kind of close to that nine o'clock bedtime for the macho nacho over here so uh Mm -hmm. you know i i kind of agree with both what you guys are saying you know the only thing i'd have to say is brock Lesnar has been a fan of mine since the eddie guerrero match of oh four i i you know honestly that has been my moment that brock stole my heart uh from me and besides you know German suplexed anatomy from that match between him and Eddie and No Way Out. As I wear the shirt, uh, you know, I uh, definitely became a fan of Brock Lesnar uh, from that point on and had been a fan of him and his work as he, you know, became a, a professional uh, fighter in the UFC and coming back and all that stuff. Yes, some of his stuff got very repetitive. Yes, some of it got very stale and boring, but nonetheless, He's come out with crazy gimmicks. I think this cowboy gimmick is the best one he's ever come up with. He is 100% taking Trish Stratus's outfits and wearing them a little bit better than Trish. I have to say, sorry, Sean, but I know she's your girl. But I don't know. Brock's pulling it off, man. All he needs is some high heels, and I think that's it. We got him, you know, at this stage. But, um, you know, I, I to the to the point of Cody and Brock – You know, I kind of am a little stale of it. I I do think, though, to a point, maybe we are getting that, you know, hard times promo in a sense with him having to jump this Brock hurdle to get back into the race for Roman's belts. You know, at this stage of the game, we all know Roman is the undisputed 1,000-day champion, and he hasn't lost, you know, due to his bloodline. It's not because of him. It's due to his bloodline. Uh, But – You know, nonetheless, we we know that he unfortunately lost to Roman at WrestleMania 39, night two. And because of that, Cody now has to go back to the back of the line and kind of work his way to the front. And hopefully, you know, I guess WrestleMania 40 will be that maybe saving grace of him being able to finally achieve this big obstacle in front of him. Um, And if Brock is the starting point, let's say, you know, it's been interesting nonetheless but in a way like Brock has been for me at least kind of hit or miss and he's kind of he's hit me with a lot of great memes and funny moments and I you know have them all bookmarked and stuff and I, I watch them a bunch but at the same time the performance wise this whole broken arm angle that they did it's kind of been a little cheesy it's kind of been a little worn out like we've already seen him wrestle with a torn peck and we know we could put on a five star match him kind of coming out with a fake arm broken thing using the cast as a weapon like then being choked out and sleeping on the pay-per-view it's just like okay like what let's 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 get into the meet and greet you know potatoes of the actual fight let's get the actual fight going that we kind of been teasing throughout this whole entire feud like to Wolf you know the match the next match if they're going to have it it should be a fight pit it should be something to an extreme element where these two men can't escape each other and they have to literally brutally beat each other to the point where I don't want it to end the way that Adam Cole and Jericho match kind of ended abruptly but to some aspect of that I want it to be violent I want it to be gritty i want michael cole to be begging to stop the match and screaming out from the announcing area and everything but i want these guys to literally rip their heads off of each other's bodies because i feel like between the promos and everything we've gotten that's kind of what they've been leading towards but these two matches one being cody being very technical getting in getting out of backlash getting the win that's that leaving brock in a bloody mash, kind of stunned then, of course, Brock coming out there and choking the life out of poor Cody Rhodes, kind of leaving him unconscious, slumbering better than I am probably on a weekly <laughs> basis. Uh, you know, I think now we're at that stage where it's like, okay, let's get into the fight now. We've been talking about it. I want it. I feel like we all kind of been waiting for it. And at this stage, I, I feel like it needs to happen. So with that, we'll kind of end that um, conversation really quick. But- I want to hear everybody's thoughts. What was their favorite pay-per-view real quick? Maybe a favorite match from their pay-per-view of choice, whether it was night of champions, battlegrounds, or even double or nothing, which we all were a part of the watch along for. Um, We'll start with you guys. No bones. What did, did you have a favorite pay-per-view that you enjoyed watching this weekend, this past weekend? Did you have a couple of favorite matches that you want to talk about briefly? I know you had a, Mm -hmm. a great podcast episode recently about double or nothing. Uh, and of course, about Night of Champions, which I listened to. So definitely go check out No Bones's uh, podcast over on Spotify and listen to their recap of the show. But uh, we'll get a little taste. We'll get a little sample of what you guys kind of spoke about, if you don't mind. Like, uh, what 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 did you guys think of Night of Champions, Or what did you guys think of Double or Nothing?
0: Sure. Yeah, I, I like Double or Nothing the best out of this past weekend. Uh, definitely. A- okay. W- um. You know, not everything was great, but there were there was enough uh, that was great. I thought the Battle Royal was very good, and I thought mm-hmm. the last two matches were fantastic. Yeah. The, the Four Pillars match and the and the Anarchy in the Arena. My favorite match of the whole weekend was definitely Anarchy in the Arena. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, that, that delivered. Um, that's not usually my favorite type of match, mm-hmm. and it just... It, it delivered. You know, there was, it literally was anarchy in the arena. I mean, everywhere you looked, there was shit happening. We had, you know, an exploding uh, sneaker. Yeah, <laughs> super had... kick
1: from yeah, the heavens got... or something. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, we That's had the, awesome. the band
0: uh, lead singer getting super kicked. People getting yeah. pile-drived in, uh,
1: in the bed of trucks. Yeah, game. I mean it was anarchy in and out of the arena. I guess they should have yeah. stated yeah. in the title of the match. I guess. Yeah. No, it's just wild.
0: I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and the turn. I mean, I I think a lot of us knew Takeshita was turning at some point. I didn't. I didn't know it was going to be at anarchy in the arena. You know, I didn't know it was going to be now. So that was a cool surprise. Um, but yeah, that match definitely delivered definitely uh second favorite match was the four pillars
1: all right there we go that's why yeah. i like you no bones you picked the right winners over
0: yeah there. as i said that that was really well put together mm-hmm. and uh you know from the from the looks of it was choreographed from start to finish and i don't mean that in a bad way mm-hmm. i don't mean that because because it appeared choreographed yeah i just mean yeah. it in that it was so good you had to have planned it. Yeah, for sure. That, that's how good it was. You had to have planned it. It can't have been a coincidence. Yeah. This move followed this move, followed this move, etc. cetera. That match was really great.
1: Um, I it, I want to just add to that because I, I totally agree. I think that match was definitely great. And um, I think my, probably my favorite part of that match was when they all kind of pay homage. I know you guys were talking about it on your recent podcast episode about how you guys really enjoyed the fact that they uh kind of paid homage to you know jericho cody christian eddie guerrero with the frog splash like Mm -hmm. they kind of all paid homage to the mentors that they looked up to that they learned from and had that beautiful synchronization of all of it kind of happening at once Mm and you know to to ace's point yeah i mean Listen, the, the right man won clearly, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think that uh, it it definitely needed to be worked out really well because you wouldn't have gotten such a um, a masterpiece of a match of that type of like stature if it wasn't, you know, some some way or another, you know, choreographed in some way, you know. So, but you know, K, okay, uh, go right ahead. The floor is yours. What would you? Uh, what was your pay per view of the weekend?
2: My pay-per-view of the weekend was also double, or, double or nothing. Wow! Uh,
1: okay, all right. Yeah.
2: and if you had told me I was going to say this before watching the show, I would have told you you were wrong. But anarchy okay. in the arena was my favorite match. Also, I am wow. not normally like a blood and blood and bloody violence kind of wrestling fan. Um, okay. Like I don't mind the blood, but I mind it when they get like the other wrestlers' blood on them. Like I don't like it to right. like surround. There you go. <laughs> um, but this match was just so full of nonstop action. And yeah. like Asa was saying, like it was everywhere. And I loved the creativity, like using the railing itself as a weapon uh, yeah, early packs. on. And just like really clever uses of things that I hadn't really seen before. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I think the second favorite match is probably a tie, which I think is maybe cheating, but I'm going to say it was a tie anyway. Between the four pillars and the battle royal, I really enjoyed that battle royal at the beginning. That,
1: uh, that, that was, was a very great good great battle way. royal.
2: Yeah, it was a great way to start the show off, um, like on the right foot. I felt like there was like a little bit of a lull in the middle of the show, but mm-hmm. the other like those three matches were so good that they made up for it, and that's why I think Double or Nothing was better than Night of Champions. Like even though mm-hmm. there were some, like the tie of Valkyrie. Uh, jade cargo match that was definitely probably the better women's match of the show mm-hmm. um yeah but i felt like the other two women's matches kind of slowed it down a little bit um
0: the Wardlow christian
1: was good though yeah that was, I mean, good. That was, yeah
0: that was a very good match
1: i have to i have to say with the Wardlow match i know you guys were talking about it um you know on your episode and everything that boy was very close to not hitting luchasaurus uh i i mean by literally the neck
3: of his, <laughs> yeah, like, like from he, how he I saw it, was, was just like, like his head and like to kill himself, yeah, his yeah. head like hit Luchasaurus, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like it, he was like, very lucky that three day quarters that of his body hit the other table. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: he it was a crazy, crazy match. And you know, to your point as well, you know, um, I think it was it, it was K when she was talking about the the battle royale, um, that. You know, a lot of the a lot of the superstars were on the outside of the ring for majority of the mm-hmm. beginning of the match, which was a very interesting, you know, normally, you know, like how Asa was saying, he we're used to everyone in the ring. It's 20, 30, 40, 50 bodies in the ring. Mm-hmm. It's almost coming outside of the ring already when the match starts. But they had, you know, maybe about 10 even on the outside, of course, Swerve and Brian Cage being the ones that stood out to everybody the most. But uh, you know, we had like Commander and uh, Bandito and all like kind of all of them outside of the ring itself. I'm sorry for Tony Nese. Uh I know you're a fan, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's, it's, I'm sorry. Oh God. Poor oh. God. He gets jobbed out at like every opportunity. Yeah. I, listen, man, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Omar situation. You know, it's, it's, he's there, he's trying to perform, but at the same <laughs> time, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just it's almost, it's almost there. You know where I was, uh, where I was talking about him,
0: Today, just today, we were really uh we were watching AW or wait, no, last night we were watching right. AW. We were saying, you know, Bullet Club Gold needs a third guy. And I was saying Tony Neese. There you go. Fucking
1: Tony niece Tony the
0: There you go. Terrible. Oh I know.
1: Wolf's already breaking wow. his jaw to that idea. There you but, go. No, I love it. I, listen you know what it could it could work but um, I, I like I like your guys's uh, answers I think they were great honestly and thank you guys so much for 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 saying that uh, and everything so we'll round it off with wolf wolf what was uh, your favorite pay-per-view what was your favorite match what was uh, what was the most exciting part? Of the night. Right, we don't need right. to hear all the bad stuff we kind of already know we've all been talking about it so let's just let's hear all the positives
3: uh can is it exclusive to the two that we watched this weekend
1: well we saw battlegrounds as well no i mean if you want to yeah. mention battlegrounds you uh can.
3: battleground a battleground lot of a lot Ground of the people won. in
1: the chat are kind of mentioning battlegrounds I, Neil yeah said, i'm night sorry of Champions. Battle,
3: i think battleground won by a landslide uh not a single bad match uh, mm. in that, like, and the whole pay-per-view was incredible. Uh, Ilya and Dragunov versus Dijak is, like, automatically match of the year for me. Uh, and, in my opinion, best match of NXT history, uh, even over Gunther versus uh, Dragunov of TakeOver 36, even over Undisputed Finale of TakeOver 36, like... Mm. I, I, like, that, I mean, it's kind of not fair because of that whole, uh, last man standing match, but, like, Dragunov and Dijak just killed it, killed it, like, they just were just brutal beating each other down, and, like, yeah, uh, absolutely, like, the best singles match would be Gunther versus Dragunov, but for me last man stand that match last man standing uh that is that's like the best match i've seen like ever from nxt uh like I, i'm not a, a guy who cares about this but that's like a six star match for me uh oh and no bones left yep. uh but everything else also was fire i watched uh i watched back the whole pay-per-view um, everything was just incredible. Um, even Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee, and even, like, the surprises of Jakara Jackson, and, um, I forgot her name, uh, the other girl. Uh, it was great. Hold done.
1: Um, yeah, no, I mean, NXT Battlegrounds, I didn't really watch all of it. We kind of had it on. While we were doing the watch along and everything like that Uh,
3: i i just i saw it back everything was incredible the triple threat was amazing the what's um the heritage cup match was incredible Mm -hmm. i thought even the women's title match which i didn't really care for because i don't really like like tiffany stratton as much as other people do but I mean, I know she's good, but like still, I knew she was winning, but still, it was good. Uh, Mellow versus Braun was also amazing. Uh, like that part where Mellow, like, does springboard and then Braun just jumps spears on them. It was, it was like, incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Night of, also, like, before Night of Champions was, like, good for me, but, like, um, Battleground just took the cake. Uh, th- I can't say double or nothing because there were f- there was a lot I didn't like. I got um, you. And it was like because my favorite match, um, despite my love for Ilya versus Dijak, I think I my favorite might also have to be Anarchy in the Arena uh which is hilarious my least favorite pay-per-view of the weekend also produced my favorite match of the weekend uh with the second one being Ilya versus die uh and then third was pillar Fourway. uh right.
1: hey the pillows is up there that's all that matters you know as long as mj hits the top three top five top two you know always number one of course but hey yeah. top two i'll take it well. uh
3: but that anarchy match i the only thing i didn't like about i had like a gripe over anarchy was uh just the fact that it it ended with just Takeshta like turning i i expected ibushi i guess i shouldn't have done that i should have waited uh maybe they're saving that for forbidden door i wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> Tony cares more about Forbidden Door and All-In than Double or Nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, but regarding, well, and then, like, also, while I did, like, um, the Exploding Sneaker and stuff, and I didn't like that, it's weird, because, like, I felt like Claudio and, uh, matt i think it was was the ones that like actually followed like the whole like anarchy in the arena kind of vibe like they were just going everywhere and so in my opinion claudio and matt uh were like kind of the mvps of anarchy in the arena um I did appreciate. I did have some level of appreciation that Yuta ended the match. I'm glad Wheeler is seemingly getting a bit of a push, but yeah. Um, but you. still, yeah, Anarchy is probably definitely my favorite. Uh, it was incredible, and then Ilya Dijak was just the best thing I've seen from NXT. Um, well,
1: that's always good to hear. I'm very happy. We all somewhat enjoyed the crazy pay-per-view weekend. We had three amazing pay-per-views, whether you liked one more than the other or all three or none of them. You might not like the all any of them. You might not even like wrestling. So I don't know what you're doing over here. But <laughs> if you had watched them all, of course, we had a um, uh, an amazing watch along where all of us were on. of course, Willie, who was unfortunately not able to join us for the whole thing, Tonight, uh, due to some technical difficulties, he was a part of it as well. So definitely go over to the Pro Wrestling News Channel. But the MJF fan has a question for No Bones: Where can they find and follow you guys? And do you have a Spotify?
3: We are,
0: uh, yeah, on Spotify. We have like sixty-six podcasts on Spotify. So get the listening. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. We got a lot, yeah, lot to yeah. talk about over there. Yeah, and I we're like on, that. we're on Twitter. Uh, no bones wrestling. That's no bones wrestling with an R. Yep. And Kay is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, K A Y. Fabulous eight yeah. zero.
2: Kay.
1: Fabulous eighty.
0: On
2: Spotify, if, you can just find us with no bones about wrestling. Uh, that's the name of our podcast.
1: I gotcha. If you actually want, it makes it a little bit easier for whoever who's on Twitter. The uh, post that I made today for this episode has both of them tagged with the no bones tag in there. You can go right to them and in their bio, they have their Spotify link that brings you right to their awesome podcast channel. So in case you get lost in the shuffle of searching and finding all the other great podcasters out there, none better than us three. I tell you that now and I'll put my life on the line for that. Uh, But absolutely. And Sean said that he left you guys a five-star rating on the podcast episode. And keep up the good work. Love the content okay, yeah. from the both sure. of them, and I love to hear that, of course, from the community. But this uh, has been the final YouTube episode of the Last Week in Wrestling podcast. No, the show's not canceled. People, hold on. Just calm down. Don't cry just yet. I... And it's just moving to the Pro Wrestling News Channel uh, starting June eighth, where we're going to be doing night two. Of the universe mode draft that's starting on night one on next tuesday with wolf willie and myself and then going of course to thursday uh where we'll kind of wrap it up with some aew wrestlers where we can draft upon titles matches and stuff like that that are going to be available to you guys in the following weeks to come as ceos it's very exciting stuff that we get to do so the channel is not going anywhere youtube is not taking us off the platform We're still going to be posting all of the live streams that are on the Pro Wrestling News channel on the Last Week in Wrestling podcast YouTube channel as well. So if you can't catch it live, you can catch it on um, the Pro Wrestling News channel itself, their library of videos, or you can also catch it over on the channel of the Last Week in Wrestling podcast as well. On Twitter, we'll also be streaming on there as well as we do the live watch-alongs like we do here now currently. Um, And then, is there anything else? Did you guys want to make any quick announcements? I
3: know, Wolf, you were trying to speak. uh, Yeah, I just wanted to share a report I found from Fightful. The rumors that Seth Rollins had to leave early from Night of Champions to finish filming for Captain America was not true. Uh, Seth finished filming his role before Night of Champions. So
1: there you go. We're definitely going to have Seth as a defending champion going uh, forward. So stop with all the crazy media press people and get your facts straight. That and also
3: him opening the show was uh, (laughs) worth. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, But no bones, I'm going to let you guys have the floor. If you guys want to plug yourselves, tell people what's going on. Tell them any exciting news that's happening over on your channel as well. You have the floor. Sure. We, uh, we do
0: we do two shows a week um, on on non pay per view weeks. We on Thursday afternoons we do the A W Dynamite recap, and then as our schedule allows, either Saturday or Sunday we do this week in WWE, which covers the previous week of WWE, mm-hmm. uh, and then on pay per views we do a preview show and we'll do a review show as well. Uh, we cover WWE, AEW, we cover ring of honor, pay-per-views. Um, we do
2: some, uh, local independent wrestling shows. Um,
0: and we're about to start doing some more, uh, some, some different content, some throwback content. Nice. We're about to start throwing in, um, about to start doing some different things, not just mm-hmm. current day. Yeah. Um, about to start some some YouTube series as well. We're very close to, to starting some new things, okay, launching okay. a website as well.
1: Uh, changing some things up. Yeah. Nice. Um and now I, I know you said you were gonna be streaming the, the fight forever. Oh is yeah. that something that we could all go and uh, come and catch on, or is that more of a mm-hmm. I'm oh, just yeah, kinda streaming and leave me alone, I gotta go right. and spend a hundred hours in it, no one needs to know my obsession
0: oh no definitely yeah, yeah yeah that everybody will be invited to to watch we'll we'll provide mm. links to to watch yeah, yeah. Awesome. And i can't on, wait to the it. in the
2: chat while he's playing so i can i can interact tell him what you guys are saying and stuff
1: awesome awesome that's great i'm so excited to see it oh willie came back hold on will just grab him real quick. There he is. <laughs> Willie, how are we? Finally, you came. I mean, the show's over, buddy. Yeah, yeah you came no, back in the I'm
4: sorry about that. My First, my phone was overheating. And then, second, my family was like, hey, buddy, go do stuff. So I was like, fine. So, um, no worries. On, but congrats on 300, though. Yes, uh, I,
1: I was just about to actually say that really quick. I just found out we hit 301 subscribers over on the Last Week of Wrestling podcast. It's a huge, huge feat. Uh, you know, this the YouTube channel, as crazy as it sounds, started in February, and as of February, we've hit over 110,000 views in total between YouTube shorts, videos, live streams, um, kind of clips and stuff like that as, the, as we have grown into our friendship with all of the great people on the podcasting circuits, as well as the wrestling communities and stuff. Uh, that is a big thanks to you guys here, the three of you. Who have been so kind and so wonderful to be on a small streamer like myself, a small content creator like myself, and and putting the word out there and talking about us like we like to talk about you guys. We like to uplift our friends and our amigos, our banditos, as <laughs> AEW would say, uh, in the process of becoming, uh, you know, Vince McMahon money one day hopefully very soon than later uh so we don't have to work our regular jobs anymore we could do this every day and not have to worry about scheduling and stuff (laughs) that's so crazy but uh yes thank you so much to 300 thank you guys to you guys showing up and coming of course willie and wolf i see literally more than my own family even though i live with them uh you know every single week every single day uh and everything but again the show is not being canceled no Vince McMahon didn't call me and tell me I had to cancel it. Cause I badmouthed them or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just moving over to the pro wrestling news channel starting next Thursday. And we're going to keep going, keep growing. Willie and I have some crazy, crazy ideas that yep. we've been talking about and growing. So again, if you've not hit that Patreon page, please, I definitely say you should. We got some videos that are going up there exclusively in the future. Interviews with wrestlers that we're trying to get to work together to go up there in the future as well. On top of that, We got the universe mode where like Willie was saying uh, just yesterday, some people on Patreon will actually be able to pick old school pay-per-view type arena matches, cyber Sundays, the judgment days, great American bashes even, and even match types, titles on the line and wrestling opponents, even besides on Twitter. So if you're not a Patreon member, I suggest for five bucks a month, you go ahead and you definitely hit that subscribe button. And of course, you guys got to show love like MJF fan, like Sean, and go over to No Bones about wrestling and hit that Spotify follow button as well for them so that way they can keep growing and keep killing it over there. And uh, I think that's really about it. I'm tired. So I'm going to go to bed because I got to be <laughs> up the Uh But thank you, everybody, that came and that decided to hang out with us for tonight. And then tomorrow, of course, Willie, I, and the Julie Hart Stan himself, Mr. Universe, will be doing a SmackDown watch-along. And then, for the first time, we finally got Willie to agree to it. It is AEW Rampage watch-along. It is a actual crazy, crazy yeah. call. We got some. I am a- going, a- going a- to matches. enjoy
3: it. So yeah. Much. A- the Rampage a- a- card looks
1: awesome. That yeah. Triple- we got a triple threat match. We got a new Japan match. We got a triple A yeah. tag match. Uh, we got more matches than I think AEW is going to know what to do with them. So that hour is going to be very, very interesting. And like AEW says, we should fight forever. And hopefully they do. But it is All I, I Nacho himself, oh. signing off for just one more time because we will be back again next week. Thank you again, everybody coming on and I shall see you all tomorrow on the watch along on Willie's channel. Have a great night guys. Thank you again so much for everyone tuning in.